And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, June 22nd, and we are here to try to help you navigate the big financial decisions that you may face, but also maybe some of the small ones. You know, Mark, I was doing a Peloton this morning, and um, one of the things that Dennis said that really did resonate, I wanted to remind everyone listening, is that sometimes if you know you're doing all the little things correctly, when the big things come, it's a lot easier. So maybe there are some little things going on in your financial life. Maybe there's some peculiar matters that have not been addressed. Maybe you think it's little, but I think it's big. Why don't you just give us a shout? Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on our website, which is jillonmoney.com, you can always hit the contact button. Hey, don't forget to tell us if you want to come on the air live because executive producer Mark Talercia will do all the work. He'll get you on the air and it is a much more productive way to spend your time because we can kind of give you a mini financial plan. Isn't that great? And look, what's the price of admission? Nothing. So easy. That's what Alex did. Alex is on the line from the Bay Area. Alex, welcome to Jill on Money. Hey, Jill and Mark. Well, thanks for having me on. I uh, I was actually reaching out to you to do a bit of a check-in on some retirement planning that we're doing. Okay. We do a lot of that. So tell me, what's, what's your situation? We're kind of eager to retire early and do some traveling. And so the plan we came up with was kind of a hybrid thing where we cover stuff, you know, kind of pre- uh, Medicare, just mm-hmm. to cover the healthcare, and then kind of a secondary one once we reach that. Our plans seem pretty good so far, and it, they almost seem too good. So I, I'm really worried that maybe we missed something. And I was just kind of looking forward to having a second set of eyes on that. You betcha. We'll even give you a third set with Marks. This reminds <laughs> me, by the way, of there's a great New Yorker cartoon, uh, a Roz Chess cartoon. And it's like these people freaking out. And the caption is, what if things go all too well? Like That <laughs> exactly. freaks you out too much. Okay. So let's get the uh, facts here. Alex, how old are you? Uh, 50. Okay. And you said a we. So tell me about the we. How old is the we? Uh, yeah, my wife's also 50. Okay, got it. Kids? Uh, yep, we have three. Uh, one is 21, and we have some twins who are 15. 
Oh, my God. All right. Um, and is 21 done with college or partially or not at school? Where, where does 21-year-old lie in the, in the process? He has one more year left. Okay. Are you looking at the sort of the graduation of the twins from college for the beginning first phase of the retirement? Well, we're actually looking at maybe the graduation from high school. Oh, I know, kids. Plan. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is great. Okay. So we're talking about, let's call it, uh, so 53-ish. Is that yeah. what we're thinking? Three more yeah. years? Okay. Phase one is age 53 to 65, right? Right. Phase two is 65 and beyond, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tell us a little bit about your situation. So how much money have you saved? How, how possible is this? Let's check it out. All right. Well, we have uh, about 1.7 in our uh, retirement accounts, mm-hmm. uh, 1.7 million. And then we have about 240,000 outside of those accounts. So part of this plan, the pre-plan uh, kind of hinges on selling the house and mm. kind of living off that equity. Okay. How much is the house worth? Uh, about 1.4. And is there a mortgage remaining on it? Yes, four hundred and sixty thousand. All right. So, essentially, by the time you retire, you got a million dollars. Any tax due on that? For even though you know you're you get to exclude a half a million of the gain. Any other tax that might be due for capital gains purposes? No, I think we might be just at the limit to to do it tax free. Okay, great. So you have a million. You you will have a million bucks when you look at your ages, say fifty three to sixty five. How much do you think you need to actually spend in that period on an annual basis? We're thinking um, 100000 a year. And then what about phase two? Uh, phase two, also, we're planning on 120. dollars mm-hmm. um, So we figure, uh, you know, Social Security will kick in a little bit there, but also we're hoping that our retirement money has grown in the meantime to allow okay. for that. Kind of the 3% rule is what we're hoping for. Okay. So how much money are you saving currently? So we're maxing out our 401ks plus the uh, catch-up contribution. So Mm -hmm. 26 for each of us. Mm -hmm. And then we're trying to maximize some money outside of uh, the retirement fund since we're going to need access to that. So we're currently putting away about 30000 a year in that. Okay. This is a lot of saving for sure. Okay. And money, is there money set aside for the twins college? Yes, we have uh, about 200,000 saved for them. Okay, great. How much do you guys earn together? Uh, 350,000. Is there any flexibility on the time in terms of, you know, 53 versus 55? Like, is there, how do you guys feel about that? Is it like, oh my God, we're doing this no matter what. So deal with it, Jill, and make the plan work? Well, yeah, I mean, we are very eager. Um, we both kind of had some health scares over the last few years. So we're, we're really kind of in that mindset of like, you know, life's short and let's, let's get on with this. But it's not a hard, fast. We're kind of looking at the, the high school graduation as sort of like the gate. But we're also not trying to, you know, throw everybody out of the house and, and go nomadic right then either. <laughs> so there's a little room. We're actually thinking of possibly just um, maybe renting a house kind of locally for a year just to kind of help with the transition. That's smart, actually. That's actually a really smart plan because then you can sort of get into the mindset of what it's like and, you know, 
kind of say, oh, this is great. I can lock the door and it's someone else's problem, which I like a lot. When you look at the, you say you think you're on the right track and things are going all too well. Tell me about that. What is it that you see that is encouraging to you? Well, it seems like, you know, um, we've been trying to fit all the pieces together. And, and one of the big linchpins of this is sort of switching from having a house with equity and trying to be in this paid off house to essentially burning that equity. Essentially, we'd be living in VRBOs and that type of thing. And uh, the, the money seems to work as far as how much it would cost per month to do that. Mm-hmm. But I guess part of me is, you know, we've spent our whole life kind of like, you know, buy the house, pay down the house. And then it's like, oh, are we going to turn around and essentially spend all that equity? You know, are we talking ourselves into a stupid move there? Well, it's not stupid. I mean, it's kind of, it's like the dream, but um, it, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I don't want to say like, although Mark likes to say that I am the dream killer in some respects, you know, that's why I was thinking that, that when you said sell the house, so you are presuming that the phase one is financed with the million dollars of equity, right? Right. Plus the other stuff we have saved. Okay. So in which case you're looking at what happens over 12 years with I'm just going to kind of round it because by the time you retire, it's going to be, say, $2 million, right? So what you're saying is, will the $2 million, what will it grow to by the time I'm we're 65? And also, you're not putting money into that, right? So you have the, the $2 million and then what that $2 million could generate for you guys and in that second phase of your retirement, right? So like, honestly, it's not perfect, but I see how you can make it work. I would be a little bit more comfortable if you had a larger cushion for the non-retirement assets. I would like it that if you came back, you know, from this period, from phase one, I really would like it if you had more than zero dollars in non-retirement assets. So I, I, I feel a little bit like you sure it's 53? Could we make it 55? Could it be, you know, and and like, and then maybe test it. I mean, obviously, you're going to test this every year you get closer. But I'm presuming what happens is that when you look at the money that you say, okay, I've got a $2 million portfolio, what will that generate in a withdrawal rate later in life, plus my social security, we're covered. Back of the envelope, I think you're right. But it's close. It's close. I would feel better, not so much if you had more money in retirement, but that if you really gave yourself a bigger cushion in that brokerage account, that's where I would go. And I think that, look, we don't know what the housing market's going to be like. Maybe, you know, instead of netting a million bucks, you'll be netting 1.3 million and there's a little tax to pay, which is fine. We don't know where income tax rates are going so that when I look at the 2 million, and you're pulling money out of that. And I don't know whether you're pulling that out and being forced to pay at a 22% or a 12%. We don't know yet. I think that there's enough variables here that at least make me pause and think, hmm, I sure would like there to be a little bit more of a cushion. And that cushion you can create just honestly by working an extra year, maybe two. If that is horrifying to you, then you probably can make it work. It's just that you might have to really, by the time phase two comes around, you're going to have to make a real determination whether the 120 a year is too much. And we don't know that yet. If you want maximum flexibility in the plan, you put more money into the brokerage account. If you are saying, screw the flexibility, 
I want to like pursue my dreams, life is short and it can be a little scary out there, then you have to be willing to at least consider whether or not that 120 is in play. I don't want to have to think about reducing my income later in life. You know, I mean, if it happens naturally, great. Like you may be surprised to say like, I'm not spending a hundred grand a year. We're spending 80 grand a year in phase one and we're spending a hundred grand a year in phase two and we are rocking and rolling. That's great. Okay. I just don't know if that's where you'll be. And for folks who are making a good chunk of money, 350 grand a year, even though you're saving a lot, you're used to a certain living standard. And I want you guys to be clear that something may have to give and maybe we're wrong. Maybe everything is, does go so well that you are, you know, smooth sailing for both phases. Well, that sounds good. That's, um, that is eye-opening because I think I was a little more worried about phase two than phase one. So this will give me something to kind of to look at. You know, look, if, if there is something that changes and things are way better, then yeah, that's great. You know, I was like, way better is good, but we don't plan based on that. We plan based on worst case scenario and we work our way back and then we don't have to worry about the worst case scenario. So that's the beauty of sort of looking at your big picture. You know, you're the second couple that we have spoken to today that has described this kind of desire to really kind of chuck it a little bit on the early side and travel and enjoy life. How do you feel about this all emotionally? Are you guys really like, it's it's fascinating to me because I just said to Mark after we spoke to this last couple, I said, I don't think I have the guts to do that. So besides the health part of it, a health scare, what else do you think contributes to that? Do you think that living through the year of a pandemic has maybe pushed this to a, we're really going to do this now? Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely, you know, has kind of accelerated a little bit, but we've had this dream for quite a while. And, and, you know, sometimes maybe we're a little worried that, you know, we want it too much and we're just kind of talking ourselves into it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think we just really want to have some time to enjoy, you know, each other and and the world and, and see a lot more. You know, let us just be voyeurs. Where <laughs> do you think you will be going to start this process? Well, I think I have no choice over this. My wife is a huge Francophile, so we will definitely be starting in France and it'll probably be my job to make sure we don't just spend 100% of the time in France. I think that's great. I said to Mark, Mark and I both are also Francophiles. And so we both said if we were going to do it, we would start in France. And then how long do you think you'd be spending in particular locations? Do you think you'd spend like multiple months or is it like go for a few weeks and then come back? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be several months, maybe three at the max. We're sort of picturing like, you know, we'd return to home base and, uh, take care of all the medical appointments and visits and holidays and that sort of thing, and then kind of venture out again. I'm like very excited for you, I have to say. I think it's great. Let's keep working the numbers. If you have follow-up questions, of course, do not hesitate. Before you leave, please, please make sure that all those estate documents are up to date. Make sure that all letters of instruction are up to date. Make sure kids know where stuff is, all that kind of stuff. Have those sort of those, usually what would be more of like later in life talks, you got to have them sooner rather than later because weird crap can happen all over the place, right? Definitely. Alex from the Bay Area, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Really appreciate it.
All right, that is it for the program. If you would like to be on the air with us, all you have to do is send us your question. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com is our email address. Or if you're on the website, hit the contact button. Again, that website is JillOnMoney.com. And Mark will do the rest. Just tell us if you want to come on the air. It's really easy to do. And we want to encourage you to really ask anything that's on your mind. A lot of times we get retirement questions, but maybe there are other issues. So many questions about the hot housing market. Maybe we can run some numbers for you. Reach out. Let us know. We can help. Okay? That's what this show is about, helping you out. So if you wouldn't mind... Could you put your hands metaphorically on someone's back today? It will make that person feel so great and it will make you feel great. Grit, growth, grace, little bit of gratitude. It will help you get through the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>